Crunch Time! Crunch Time! You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch Time! Crunch Time! All right, Kansas City, welcome back to Crunch Time. Frankie boy, this is unbelievable. I mean, we got to talk about so many different things today. <laughs> I mean, I got to take my glasses off. We got to talk about so many different things. Number one, we got to talk about the debacle in Mexico. Yes, we'll, we'll talk about that. Number two, we have to talk about why Patrick Mahomes likes ketchup so much. Oh, God, yeah. Did you hear on that? On everything. On mac and cheese. And everything. All right. I love ketchup. Right. Are you a ketchup guy? Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of a ketchup guy. I, see, I'll put ketchup on my eggs. I'm not afraid to do that. Uh, only on scrambles. Scramble. Only no, on scrambles. Yeah, I don't, I don't do it on sunny side ups. You, you don't want to get the ketchup and the, the, the you know the, the runny stuff mixed. That's what yeah. I mean. No, no, no. no. Scrambles turns into, are fine. It scrambles. turns into that ketchup runny. Yeah. 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 You don't want that. No. And the other thing we got to talk about is what an unbelievable job today uh, 810 WHB did with the uh, the food drive. Yeah, unbelievable. I, yes. Somebody said right. Year. Somebody said about uh, 100,000 cans and other uh, different items. Now, there is a recount. They're going to have a recount. Were we so, in Florida? Yeah, we're having a whole recount. You know, <laughs> that We can't chance. put the numbers out yet, <laughs> but there's a recount on that. But uh, what a great – we're going to talk about a bunch of things. One thing I do want to bring up real well, quick. Well, here's the deal. It's a Monday night football game. Yes. We're playing in Los Angeles. We know that we're going to get back to it. I'm going to ask you, and we've got Kevin Lockett coming on. Yes. Okay, former chief, former K-State great. We're going to ask both of you. I'm going to ask both of you guys the worst fields you've ever played on. I'm talking I, I we'll go all the way back to high school. So I already we'll go know. all the way wherever oh, you want to go. Give so. me a 20 second timeout. I played on the south side of Chicago. You can't ask me that question. Every field stunk. Yeah, well, you wait till I tell you about the field I played on. <laughs> well, uh, come ahead. on. No. Hey, so real quick, guys, uh, if you're looking for something to do on Monday night, well, hey, listen, there's a lot of different parties. Everybody's having these watch parties and everything else. Well, the Kansas City Chief Ambassadors is having a watch party, and tickets are available for the KC Chiefs Ambassadors and Chicken and Pickle for Ooh, Monday night football game between the Chiefs place. and the Rams. I know it. It's a good place. North Kansas City, that place is great. And uh, so, you guys, it's one of the uh, Casey's uh, top sports and uh, recreational venues. Uh, this will be the biggest, baddest watch party of the year. Join former Chiefs celebrities and ambassadors and Hall of Fame players, which will promise to be one of the most exciting parties probably in Kansas City. So this is for the ambassadors. It's like 50 bucks a person, or if you want to get a table for eight, it's 500 bucks. It includes a couple drinks, includes food, and unlimited access to the chief players and legends. Bring in some stuff to get signed. We'll go through this once again, but uh, it's going to be a wonderful night. If you, you can reserve your tickets by going to chicken n, not and, npickles.com. Chicken and pickle. And you can go to their Facebook page. So. Yeah, that's going to be a great event. We'll talk about it a little bit more later, but I had to bring that up. And, and uh, they don't serve chicken and pickles. They serve chicken and amenities. You're, you're, I'm sure they might have con- some deep fried pickles, but it's pickleball. They you're, play pickleball. There. You're, you're confusing. I'm sorry. Never mind. I don't, I don't know. You're I, easily confused. Well, I, I am. I am. You know what? Because we're playing on all those bad fields. And it's getting easier and easier to confuse you. Oh, as well, it, so. it is. But it's, so, hey, let's let's hit real quick. Okay, let's start on this with Mexico. Mex- oh my gosh. So. Listen, uh, you know Clark Hunt came on and talked about player safety, and I and I completely believe that that is the issue. I completely believe that, but there's so many different little parts to this story that just don't add up. Just don't add up. Number one, the the Rams and the NFL have been down there 
I'm talking when I talk about the Rams, I'm talking about their their uh, field and you know. Yeah, they were responsible for the field conditions. Right, they've been down there in the for, stadium for yeah. for a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. You know, checking on it and making sure everything was right. How they let that get that bad, I do not know. I, and I understand there was a concert, a Shakira concert, and a couple soccer games and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, don't you, as the NFL and 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 the Rams, if you really and truly want this game played down there, don't yeah. you limit what happens on that field for at least two weeks before the game? Absolutely, especially when you're at altitude and it's like 80 degrees down there during the day and it gets to about 30 at night when you're that high up. And it's just it's tough to grow grass in that kind of situation. And they're the only ones. We don't have that type of grass except for one place here in the United States. It's Kennesaw State down in Georgia. They're the only ones that have that. And they're doing it. They're, they got the turf for free, so the university, so they could experiment with it. It was like way back in the day, you know, when AstroTurf they, they discovered, they started to put AstroTurf together. Boston, no, I, I don't remember that be, because university, I was probably like two years old. You were probably what forty at least, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, forty or fifty. Boston yeah. University in in, <laughs> in Boston, they were the team that had the first AstroTurf field in college football because they're right there in Boston, where who was it, three M or zero, whoever invented. The, uh, the the AstroTurf, they wanted to put it down the field, experiment, have it played on, see how it wore, the whole no, thing. It was unbelievable. It was 3M. That, so is that who I sue That's for, it. For, for my for artificial all you, knee and all limping. The, and, my, and these problems I have with my head? It's <laughs> got to be from that. Yeah, the limping. You know, just on a side note, we're playing golf in Ireland. He goes, boy, and this is Frank, boy, you limp a lot. And I said, Frank, <laughs> I played 11 years on AstroTurf. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have this fancy schmancy grow grass in the AstroTurf. I know. The old turf at Arrowhead was like the carpet we're walking on right now, although it was a little more cushy than most of them. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but there's right. a lot of places in the NFL back in the day that were just oh, horrible. the AstroDome was the worst. But let's talk about, you know, other, than, other than UPS, the NFL does logistics as good as anybody else. You're absolutely right. I mean, they had to bring – listen, they just don't go down there and say, okay, we're here. They had to bring down food, because mm-hmm. you, you, you you don't you, they're they're not going to feed the players exotic foods if they're not quite sure where it came from. So they had to bring down food, and this has already been down there. Yeah, uh, water obviously. Water. I mean, you, when you water. talk about water, you think about everything with the Gatorade to the water to to whatever. I mean, the, they had to bring their own water down there. You, you, they had to bring ice. all these travel pe- ice, all these travel people with all the electronics. And I want to ask you, I mean, Channel Nine was down there, yeah, and that cost a pretty penny. You've been involved in this many years because you and I have talked on the road, and and you know, a couple couple of years ago, we were uh, in uh, uh, Houston, yeah, and you were doing a live shot there, right? So, I mean, it cost. It, it's got to cost at least. Would it be twenty grand to send up all that equipment and all those people down there? Well, the deal is you can get the equipment there. Your problem when you go to a foreign country like that is how does how does this all mesh with what we're doing back here? Now, when you're in Mexico City, that is a city that has that has you know has, has pretty close relations with the United States, and a city that does broadcast back here to to to, um, to the United States, you know, when they have Univision and all that sort of stuff, so they know about satellite stuff, and so you get down there. But your IFB stuff and everything you do, those is wires, a little bit different. It's they, just crazy. You, can, I mean, I, listen, I understand they have, they have, but for, for a Monday night they football the game, yeah. they have to run. I mean, if you've ever been underneath a stadium before a game, there are so many wires. Yeah, there's it's just so much electronics right. that is piled into those. I mean, it's it's less now because of 
there's different, but I mean. But they've that, had history. Yeah. They, we've done this before. Okay. They've done a game for Monterey as well. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty, that was the least of their problems. You brought up the best thing. The Shakira concert was at the end of October. Right. And it was a mess. It was rained and then rained on top. And then they played some soccer games. The biggest deal, you, you hit it right on the head. Two weeks ahead of time. Don't do anything on that field. Well, they were letting people practice back. on the field. It's crazy, yes. And the Rams were down there, and they saw this happening. So there goes into my conspiracy that the Rams wanted this game in L.A. The first <laughs> Monday night game in over 30 years in the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Nine and one against nine and one. There's only been four other games in the history of the NFL when undefeated or one loss teams have played this late in the season. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. There's only been four. So think about just the, uh, the publicity. Every Hollywood superstar and star and, and athlete and all the people in the glitz and glamour of Hollywood are going to be there. Are you kidding me? They didn't want this in Mexico City. They wanted to find a way to get it back up here. Now, if both teams were 1-9, I promise you they'd be playing in Mexico City. <laughs> Wouldn't matter what the field conditions were. They would have been played if, if there was a swamp. That's right. If, if, if this was the 49ers and the Cardinals, they would have played <laughs> easily in, down there. Well, and, and, and Frank, listen, I have played on some horrendous fields, and we're going to talk yeah, about we'll that talk with about Kevin. That in a minute, yeah. But painted fields, fields that looked great on TV, but there were holes in them. And, and most of the, the Seattle Superdome and, and – and in uh, the Vets Veteran Stadium in Philly, yeah. they would just cover up the infield, like for lack of a better word, second base. Because they were multi-use. You would walk yeah. on it, and the thing would bang like you're walking on one of those plates in the, in the street. <laughs> that would be bouncing. So the player safety deal, I, right. I get it. It's a great excuse. And the NFLPA have better had their asses down there checking on this field too. Yeah. Which I tweeted that out. I said, listen, I wouldn't. I wouldn't walk on if I, I wouldn't play on that field until I walked on it and, and saw that it was okay to play on, but I shouldn't have to do that. Well, if you get both teams now, it's too late. Yeah. If you're walking on, you're the starting center for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, it's too late because it's either day before the game or morning up, and they ain't bringing you back at that point. The, the biggest thing was too, um, the Rams left that they were going to practice out in 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 uh, Colorado, Colorado Springs, Springs right. Air Force Academy, which they ended up doing. They didn't change their plans because of all the fires in California and all the smoke they're getting right there uh, n- near the Coliseum. They they decide, hey, we're going there, and they didn't change their plans when it was moved back to L.A. So for them, th- they were going to leave anyway. But that was a pretty good idea on their part to go and practice for the altitude in Mexico you City. You can't get used to it that well, quick. I know. Well, you can get used to it in a week. Yeah, but it's not a week. I know. Well, I mean, it was like four days they're going to be there. I, they're at, once Closer you do it than, for about 72 hours, well, you're pretty Well, good. you know better than I do because 72 you, hours you've been climbing good. mountains right. for the last 10 years exactly like right. doing all that crazy stuff that you right. do. But, I mean, either you jump in with both feet like the Chiefs are doing because this yeah. is what we did in Denver. I mean, it hurt for the first quarter, but you kind of work through it. Sure. Or you get used to it. But, I mean, do you get used to it in four or five days? Yeah, I, yeah, you do. For If you have 72 hours to get acclimated, you get acclimated. Yeah. Now they're coming back down. They're actually – this is pretty funny. <laughs> so now they, they're – No, now they're really used to the altitude. Now they have – now they're really going to be in great shape for L.A., which is <laughs> at, at zero, uh, at sea break. level, right? So oh, they're going to be geez. in pretty good shape. 
Well, I mean, watch yourself, pal. I, I'm just telling you right now that this was all a big conspiracy. It, yeah. it, it was. And, and now, well, hey, listen, the game is in L.A. Who I feel sorry for are the Kansas City Chief fans that went out and said, listen, this is going to be our vacation. We're going to go down to Mexico. We're going to get hotels. We're going to get our flights. We're going to go to the game. And there, there's quite a few they had on, on different news programs. And I feel bad for those people yeah. because, I mean, those people are, you know, basically said, you know, we have to go down to Mexico City now. We're just going to go down and make the right. best of it and go watch a game with some people. Right. And, and a lot of people will get insurance on their flights and hotels and all that. The only reason you get your money back is act of God. That was an act of God. That was just stupidity. On, you mean the NFL there. isn't God? Azteca. No, they're not. Oh, okay. No. I, I didn't Azteca know that. Stadium. Uh, you just no. I'm sorry. It rained, and I know oh, rain is an act of God. If you think that the, the airlines are going to give the money nothing. back to these people, that is not happening. The best part about a lot of these people now, they have that one group who's going down there. I think that's cool. And, and they are they're texting and they're Facebooking everybody else who's going down there who had plans to go to this game. They're going to find a venue, and they are going to watch this football game in a venue together in Mexico City because a lot of people had to, like you said, a lot of people. This was their vacation. Right. Hey, let's do We'll go to Mexico. Weather's starting to change. We'll have some fun. Watch the Chiefs play. And then we'll spend yeah. some time maybe in Mexico. Spend ho- maybe spend the, the holiday. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving holiday. Down there. There. I, I've actually been in Mexico over, over Thanksgiving and had a wonderful time. Great weather. Uh, you know, they, they, they have, you know, for, you for lack of better, yeah, we did. No, we had regular turkey. We had a great turkey dinner. I mean, they, a lot of them. Uh, a lot of the different restaurants and cantinas will offer oh, sure, Thanksgiving yeah. because they know Americans sure. are down there. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, well, you know, I'm, I feel bad for the people that are, uh, that lost th- their, their tickets and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I guess, you know, people are going to make the best of it. And, yeah, you bet. Uh, and, you know, the, but the Chiefs have got to make the best of it because. Yeah, let's let me talk t- about this game. Let me tell you something. First of all, this is the best defensive line, I think, in the NFL. I really do. Uh, you know, it, for, we got to first. You got to talk about Aaron Donald. Aaron oh. Donald, who's about six foot tall, about three hundred fifteen pounds, is fast as lightning and is relentless to the football. Uh, right. You yeah. know, and he he number one. I think Sue's having his best year. Yeah. Uh, because you know why? Because they're winning. Well, num- he's yeah. a front runner. He he's always been a shot. front runner. You don't hear from him. Oh, and on a side note, let me get back to. Uh, I, I put in my notes. Aaron Donald equals Warren Sapp. They, he is. He's another Warren Sapp, maybe even better than Warren Sapp, and, and but he is really, really good. Sue is really, really good. Fowler and uh, and uh, what's it, Brockers? Yeah. Uh, the, the the two outside guys are really, really good. This is going to be an unbelievable test for the offensive line. And here's the deal. Again, you talk about this all the time. You're the center. It, you know, you don't have to have this bazillion dollar offensive line, but you have to have an offensive line where the five guys have played as a unit for a certain period of time to really, like you said, it's got to be the fist. These guys have all got to be on the same page. They all have to be making knowing what the calls are, and they have to know where these guys are coming from and what to do. And you only get that when you're playing side-by-side with guys if you're playing side-by-side with those guys for a certain period of time. And I think that's the Chiefs' biggest problem. It's not the two tackles. All right, it's the three interior guys. Absolutely. The two tackles will be okay. But the three interior guys, they, they have been mixed and matched over the last couple of weeks. They struggled against the Cardinals. They did not look good inside against the Cardinals. And, and, and what happened is Fisher started getting beat. 
He got beat twice for two sacks. He's only that was the first sack he gave up all year, right? Because uh, whatever I think it was Jones is that who, who, yeah the big guy yeah outside. outside. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had a couple sacks on him and you know it's a couple holding calls. I mean he was really he giving was struggling. Fisher fifth. So what they had to do they had to turn to protection, which now you took away the help from the guys inside. Usually those three guys can work together against two. You know, the center could kind of bounce back and forth and help out. Well, now the center had to go take over a one technique or a three technique, and that guard had to slide down and take over a one technique or stay on his guy, which is a three technique, and those guys were getting beat. And the other thing that really gave the Chiefs fits was movement. And these guys are fast. Sue and Donald are quick. Uh, They are explosive, and they twist, and they stunt. And 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 they they do TTs and ETs and stuff like that. TTs are when the two tackles twist. ETs are when the tackle and end twist. And they do a bunch of that, and they're good at it. So it's going to be an ultimate test for the offensive line. And let's not forget about about our, our guy Marcus P, uh, Marcus Peters, who's going to be want to play well against his old team. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't if I'm defense coordinator there, I would not try to stick him on an island with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill eat him alive. I mean, uh, yeah. he's uh, just too fast. Tyreek's too fast for anybody in National Football League to go one-on-one against that But guy. there is an advantage to Marcus Peters. He's seen the moves. He knows kind yeah. of what he wants to do. Okay. So there is an advantage to that. And on the other side, they have a kid named Hill who is a great man guy. So they could play man zone, put you know the Hill on one side and man and zone up on whatever side Tyreek Hill is. But the problem with Tyreek Hill is you never know what the hell he's going to be. Yeah, it's exactly because right. he's moving everywhere, yeah. and they like to get him in matchups that were advantageous to the Chiefs and Hill. And by doing that, he'd line up in the slot, and all of a sudden now the corner has to squeeze in, and the safety has to go over the top, and the safety if you don't communicate that, then the safety doesn't isn't in the right place, and the corner gets beat, and that's what you saw against the Cardinals. Right. And the big thing for me is I saw Patrick Mahomes get hit this week more than I've seen him get hit all year. Five and, sacks. And, and the deal, the, one of the reasons why, he's trying to make the big play. He's holding the ball for the extra second. This week, he's got to get rid of that ball quick and or if he's getting harassed, throw that ball into the end zone, out of the, out of the end zone, just get rid of the football. And I think that's the reason why he took so many sacks. But I'll tell you what, I'll bet he was sore this week yeah. as he prepares for this game. He's, well, he, he got beat up good. He mentioned that, you know, he tried to do too much. Yeah, he did. And uh, you know what? Singles and doubles are okay. You don't have to get the home run every play, and he's going to have to take a couple singles and doubles when he steps up to the plate using the baseball uh, uh, adage uh, with the baseball family that he's from. You know, just go ahead and hit that single and, and yeah. be happy with it. You know, take take those five, six, seven-yard plays. You don't always have to hit the big ones, although they're going to present themselves. When they do, you take it, but, you know, singles and doubles are okay. So, yeah, we'll, we'll just talk, you know, real quick about, about, about the defensive side. The Rams are really good, but if you, if you look at the Rams' offense – it all starts with Todd Gurley. I mean, this guy right now, he's averaging 10 yards a catch. I know. And he's averaging five yards a run. He's a, he's as good right now as anybody. Now, we got a pretty good one, too, in Kareem Hunt. I'm not yeah. saying that the Chiefs are going to get killed in this game. I am not saying that. But what I'm saying, it's going to be an entertaining game because, really, uh, these teams match up very, very well. And in the, the, and, and the side note, special teams they have a very the rams are a very good special team team they take special teams you know uh very seriously just like like the chiefs do so the the advantage usually you got to win in two or three places you know you got to win either offense defense or special team and the chiefs have won on special teams just about every game and they won basically most of the offense so you got to win except for one except for one you got to win two out of three and um, that'll be the interesting, where are they going to win at? Yeah. Are they going to win an offense, defense, or special teams? Yeah, I really think this is the best team they've faced. They're better than New England. Uh, this oh, is gosh, the yeah. best team that they've faced. They're better than Pittsburgh. 
Uh, so this this team is is number one. The the big thing also for them on offense is I heard a stat today. Uh, Todd Gurley, uh, when they give him the ball on first down, he averages over five yards a carry yep. on first down. Mm-hmm. When they throw the ball, no matter who they throw the ball to on first down, they average over ten yards a carry. So they can either run it and be in second and short, second and five or less, okay, or they can pass it and it's an automatic first down. So this is a team. The way I I look at this game is somebody make somebody punt, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. at least once a, a half. Make somebody punt. The team that has the team that punts most will lose this thing. You know what? I'm going to even go farther <laughs> than that. The team that makes somebody kick a field goal. Yeah, that because might be, the red zone, yeah. the, the 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 Rams have obviously actually have struggled a little bit in the red zone. They have in. You know, not much, but they struggle a little bit. I think they're they're ranked towards the bottom in red zone efficiency, and the Chiefs are ranked towards the top in red zone efficiency. Yeah. So you get down in the red zone, hopefully you could take some plays away from the Rams and make them make some mistakes down there. And here's the other thing for me. I think the Chiefs' defense since the beginning of the year has gotten better, is better. Hitchens will be back this week. Sammy Watkins will be back, too, on the offense, so that'll help as well. But I think they've gotten better. Incrementally incrementally, whatever that word is, better than they have been game to game. And they've certainly gotten better in the last few weeks. You can say, well, it might be because of competition. Play Cleveland, you played Arizona. I don't care. Mentally, for those guys, they know they've gotten better. Well, we got a special guest coming on next, Kevin yeah. Lockett. And the reason why we got Kevin Lockett is, number one, is I love Kevin. He's a great guy, great Kansas City Chief. But number two, his son just played against the Rams. That's right. In, in Seattle and had some success against them. So we'll we'll see what Kevin found out watching the, uh, uh, the the Seahawks play. Hey, all right, we're going to take a break here, guys. Hey, remember, if you're looking for something to do on Monday night, we have uh, the Kansas City Chief Ambassadors uh, Chicken and Pickle. Go to chickenandpickle.com and check it out and buy a ticket, all kinds of autographs, hang out with the guys. You'll have a wonderful time. We're going to take a break. we come back with Kevin Lockett. Kansas City's hometown sports station, Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, Frank, uh, we have a uh, special guest coming on right now. With Where's a lot of different hats in this game? Yeah, you bet. Kevin Lockett, one of the former greats at Kansas State and the Kansas City Chiefs, 47th pick in the 1997 draft. Played for the Chiefs, the Skins, the Jags, and the Jets. 1996, he was all Big 12, uh, first team, and his first team academic all Big 12 as well. Here's a couple of interesting facts, right? He broke Kansas State's career TD receptions record that record was then broken by his son Tyler. Well, that's you know he he's also, known he's known now as Tyler's dad. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. And he's the single season uh, yards were broken by his brother Aaron. So how about that? The Lockets in case they will. Kevin, talk. how are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Doing well. Hey, thanks so much for coming out. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, K-State connection here in a little bit. But, hey, man, uh, let's talk real quick about you just you guys just played the Rams. When I say you guys, you, your son, Tyler, and I know that you're invested with the Seahawks now. And, heck, you, who wouldn't be if their son was playing? Uh, you watched the game against the Rams. Uh, some tips if, if, as Andy Reid called you to put the game plan together? <laughs> no, I, I haven't talked to Andy, but I will tell you this. Uh, when I look at what the Chiefs have been successful doing this year, which really has been uh, throwing the football all over the field, um, that really bodes well against this Rams matchup. I mean, if you look back and you look at the teams that uh, have scored a bunch of points on the Rams, uh, the Rams' defense has been susceptible to uh, to deep passes down the field. Their their pass coverage has been uh, 
sort of poor since uh, uh, Takeeb Alib, uh came out, got hurt. Uh, Marcus Peters, as we know, since, since his days here in Kansas City, he's always given up the big play because he likes to gamble quite a bit. Um, and if you go back and look at the game last week just against Seattle, against the Rams, uh, they had a ton of success through the air. Uh, actually had some success on the ground as well. And so, um, you know, I look forward to this matchup on Monday night. I think uh, I think the Chiefs got a good opportunity to put a ton of points up. And to me, it's really going to be uh, what does the Chiefs defense do against that powerful uh, Rams offense? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley is as good as it gets. But let's talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes, a guy that, you know, we have to ask everybody when they come on. Thoughts on Patrick as a rookie, obviously, you know, breaking the all-time touchdown record, passing record uh, as as a rookie. Uh, just uh, an amazing kid. What What's your thoughts on his play thus far? Well, I, I mean, as a former receiver, I think you know anybody in my shoes would have loved to play with a guy like that. And that that's not to take away from any of the great quarterbacks I had the chance to play with. Um, but when you see a guy like this with that kind of talent, uh, with that kind of energy, uh, and who's willing to give his, his receivers down in the field just a chance, um, you know, that's got to be exciting from a guy who's running and catching the football. But, I mean, he has been absolutely incredible, not just from a physical perspective, but, but I've been more impressed uh, with his mental makeup. I mean, his approach uh, as just a second-year player to the game, uh, having the success that he's having right now, it's absolutely uh, incredible. And so it's, it's just a great uh, combination between him uh, and the great quarterback guru and Andy Reid. Um, and they've obviously teamed up and are doing some incredible things. And so I think at Kansas City, we're lucky to know uh, that we've at least got Patrick here for the next three or four years. Uh, and we've really got a strong foundation to build upon and really make that run towards the Super Bowl like we all expect. You know, I remember an old uh, wide receiver coach, Al Saunders, when he would say to you guys all the time, and that's stay friendly, stay friendly, stay friendly. Yeah. I mean, is, isn't that kind of what you have to do with this kid too? And, you know, I not once again, I'm not – putting any other quarterback down but with Alex Smith last year I thought it seemed like the wide receivers kind of sat down and maybe tried to shuffle around and find a little bit of open space for him to get the ball to with this guy they seem to just go deep or keep running or doing all the things that you know try to make big plays so what what did that mean stay friendly and number two how does that equate to what the receivers are doing now yeah, I think when, when Al uh, used to run around and always talk about staying friendly, I think what he always talked about was uh, mainly on the scramble drill, uh, don't drift upfield. Because uh, you drift upfield, you give the defense a chance to undercut uh, a ball that's thrown by your quarterback that's scrambling. So what he always sort of meant was, you know, stay parallel to the line of scrimmage or even come downhill, if you will, to protect your quarterback. And that's really important when you got a guy like Patrick because the one thing you know is we all know he can scramble. We all know he can run a bit. But he's scrambling, looking to push the ball down the field. So he's going to throw that ball up and give you a chance. And so protecting your quarterback is a big piece of that. I mean, quarterbacks like to give guys shots, uh, but not if they're going to come away with interceptions. And so if quarterbacks know that receivers are going to protect them, uh, going to keep the defender from having an opportunity to to intercept the ball, uh, they're going to put it up there and give those guys a chance. And I think when you look at Tyreek and you look at what Sammy and Travis Kelsey and those guys have been able to do in the passing game this year, a large part of the success is, is due to Patrick, no question. Uh, but he's got some incredible talent that he's throwing the ball to uh, as well. And so uh, I think it's, it's just a match made in heaven right now. I mean, there are four, five, six different targets that we have on offense uh, which make it very difficult for defenses to line up and stop someone. I mean, they can take away Kareem Hunt and, and force us to push the ball down the field, uh, 
uh, and we'll do that well. They can line up and take the deep pass away and try to take Tariq away, and we'll kill them underneath with Kelsey uh, and then using uh, Kareem Hunt in the passing game. And so uh, a lot of weapons, and uh, I just love to see uh, that Andy is continuing to be creative and find new ways to get guys the ball uh, all over the field. We're talking with Kevin Lockett, former Kansas State and Kansas City Chiefs great. And, Kevin, the interesting thing, there's an article in Sports Illustrated this week. It was an article about, and this just goes what you just said, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are changing the look of football's future with yeah. this offense and what they're doing. Place yourself back a few years or bring yourself forward or whatever and imagine being a receiver playing in this offense. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, the first thing is um, you can't line up like I used to do and like other players I know used to do at the wide receiver position. You can't line up, read the defense, know what the play call is in the huddle, and sort of go 50% on your route because you know you're the fourth or the fifth read and you're not, there's absolutely no way you're going to get the football. Um, in this offense, with the way that they're running it, you can be the fifth or sixth read and you can get the football, especially when you got a gunslinger back there uh, like Mahomes. I mean, one of the things that I've been very impressed with him about, and you usually don't see this in young quarterbacks, is he actually goes through several reads on many of the plays. You take away his first, second, and third option, uh, and he's just going through his progression and he gets it to the fourth guy. And so as a receiver, you've always got to stay alive because you never know when the ball is going to come. And even when you have what we used to consider to be deep decoy routes just to clear things out so Gonzalez could come across the middle or Ted Popson could, um, you know, Mahomes <laughs> is giving those guys a shot. He's pushing that ball deep to you and saying, hey, it's one-on-one, go get it. So guys got to stay alive because they can get that ball at any time. Okay, the one thing they don't have to worry about this week is footing. <laughs> which they might have had a problem with if they'd gone to Mexico City to play. Um, what were your thoughts when you first saw that field, and what would have your thoughts been if you would have had to have played on that field? You know, I'll be honest. Uh, I was very shocked that – I mean, I think it was the right thing to do, but I was shocked that the NFL actually canceled the game. I mean, I, you know, when I've looked over the history of the NFL – um, I wouldn't say that player safety has always been uh, the number one top. Really? And so uh, when you talk about a league who's generating a lot of money and is trying to expand internationally, uh, I was actually shocked that they did it. So that just lets me know that the field conditions must have been absolutely horrible um, because I bet that they had no intentions of canceling that game whatsoever uh, because they want to continue to appeal to the international uh, spectator. And so uh, when I got to see a picture of it yesterday, I just thought, man, I mean, you knew this game was coming. How could you allow the field yeah. to, to look like this? But I'm glad that they did it. I mean, they finally put player safety first, at least at, 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 at one level. Um, and so I'm, and I'm glad. And I think uh, if you talk to most of the current guys right now, um, they hate playing these exhibition-type games uh, that are out of the country. They really hate the London game because you're talking about an eight, nine-hour trip. These guys are only in London for 72 hours, um, and so they never get used to the time change. The Mexico City game is not, not terribly bad uh, because most people can get there uh, uh, pretty easily, and, yeah. and you're usually on the same time zone, so that's not too bad. But, man, that London game, I mean, players absolutely hate playing in it. Okay, so you don't uh, subscribe to the Tim Grunhard conspiracy theory that – since both teams were 9-1, they decided, oh, we're going to play this thing in L.A. instead of playing in Mexico City. 
<laughs> How did they let that field get that bad, Kevin? That's all I Hey, so talking about Some that. guy down there with a hose. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know what? It's like the old Bull Durham. Hey, we need a rain out. Well, I'll get you a rain out. Uh, Kevin, tell us, what about you now? Uh, you know, I, I brought up a, uh, a bunch of different uh, fields. That, like the old Vet Stadium in Philadelphia was horrendous with just all the patchwork they did. Oakland, yeah. anytime you played in Oakland, it was always soggy. And then there was, you know, in, in September, you had the dirt infield, the which dirt was. Field. hated it. Uh, yeah. So, who, what, what, you know, what in your career, counting college and NFL, what are a couple stadiums that you thought maybe they didn't care about player safety that much? Oh, I, I think you mentioned most of them already. I mean, when I think of back to the league, it was Oakland. Um, and I get it. It was baseball season. But that was the absolute worst surface. Uh, because as a wide receiver, you're changing surfaces. I mean, a lot of our game was really built on uh, putting a lot of pressure on our ankles, right? We'd lean right, push off left, uh, hard cut, stop and start. And when you start in grass and then you have to run through dirt and you finish on grass or you finish on dirt, I mean, you have, you have to stop and change direction differently on those, on those different types of surfaces. And so um, I always hated going out west, uh, playing on any of those stadiums that had um, – that had that had that dirt down for baseball. I mean, those those to me were by far the worst stadiums. I always thought the Chiefs Stadium was great. Uh, Andre and those guys did great great uh, care of that grass. They absolutely did. We should have sent Andre down there instead of the Rams guy, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> hey, real quick before we let you go, Kevin, we we have to talk a little bit about K State and you know yep. Coach Snyder. Uh, you, you, first of all, congratulations, you guys won ten in a row against KU, but. You know, it's been one of those years where it just seems like it's wearing on him a little bit, and you know he's been kind of snippy with the with the media. It's something he usually isn't. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, K State football in the state of and the state of uh, Bill Snyder? Yeah, so when you look at K State football this year, um, it's clearly not at the level that, that I think any of us as fans uh, want to see it at. And I think the real question that that you hear a lot of fans talking about is, okay, I can deal with one losing season, but are we starting to sort of reset ourselves? Uh, where this becomes the new normal. And so you hear one side of the group who, who believes that, that Coach Snyder needs to go, uh, and you have another another group that says, you know, absolutely not. He's built this foundation. He's fixed it several times. You know, give him time, and he'll, he'll get it recorrected again. Um, you know, I think that it's a definitely a different age of football right now. And <clears throat> what I mean by that is uh, maybe all of the things that coach used to do back in the day won't necessarily work today. I think you have to recruit differently. I uh, saw a great video from um, the other day from uh, Bobby Stoops uh, talking about the five top things to do uh, in college and build a winning program. And number one was recruit, recruit, recruit. I mean, you just have to recruit today <clears throat> differently. And, and that's one of the places where um, we could get better, I think, uh, at Kansas State. But you know, I come from, from a school where I, I, I played under him. He still today is by far one of the most brilliant coaches I've ever played against. I mean, very rarely is he ever out of a game, one of the best game managers that I've ever seen. Um, and so what I, what I think a lot of us would like to see is, you know, we know that at some point his time will come, whether it's this year, whether it's five years down the road. I think what I'm more focused on is when that time comes for him to depart, I want to make sure that, A, it's done in the right way, uh, and that he's appreciated the way that he absolutely should be because that man has done more for not just Kansas State University but the state of Kansas uh, than any other human being that I can think of. Uh, but I want to make sure he's appreciated well. But then I also want to make sure that the transition is done appropriately and whoever it becomes, uh, whether it becomes Sean Snyder, whether it becomes another K-State alum uh, that's out there that might be of interest like a Brent Venables uh, or a Jim Levitt, or wait, maybe it's just somebody completely different 
like KU has done is talking about going after a guy like Les Miles or something. doesn't matter to me. I think what's important is that you do the transition correctly and you actually give the new coach, whoever's coming in, uh, the autonomy, the freedom uh, to build his program the way that he wants to build that program. And so, you know, I think successful days are ahead for K-State. Uh, it's always tough when you have a legendary coach in place. I mean, look at what happened up in Penn State with Joe Pa. Um, you know, the question is always, you know, does that person try to stay too long? So I think they'll get it figured out. I just hope that uh, we get it figured out quickly so that uh, we can get back on the winning side of things. Yeah, you know, uh, Coach Snyder is such an unbelievable person, first of all. You know, I have really no connections with Coach Snyder, but I've received three or four different letters at different points when I've gotten something or received, like, the Missouri Hall of Fame. I got a personally written letter from Coach Snyder. Just amazing that, you know, state championships, personal letters. Unbelievable guy. Just he gets it. He's just such a, yep. a sharp person, and I hope it all goes out well. Frank, you got something? For yeah, well, and, and I think too, uh, he was talking about recruiting, and that is the lifeblood because it's the Jimmys and Joes. It's not the X's and O's, as Timmy always likes to say from Lou Holtz. But the deal is, that Coach doesn't and hasn't virtually his entire career there. And Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He never really recruited during the year. Now he has he has a recruiting coordinator, obviously, and he has assistants who have to go out and recruit as well. But he concentrated on – and he's the closer. So, you know, one of the changes he may want to think about if he if he stays past this year is starting to recruit during the year because now you have this early signing period. And mm-hmm. that is really putting the pressure on all these coaches to get these kids recruited even during the college football season. you got to take time out to do this from your preparation to go out and recruit these kids. Yeah, I think uh, – that's and that's one of the changes that I believe K-State started to make maybe about five or six years ago. They did start doing some in-season recruiting, probably not as much as you would see an OU, a Texas, a Notre Dame go out and do. Uh, so I think they've made started to make some of those changes. When I talk about recruiting, I think for me it's more the aspect of, um, hey, let's not settle for – and I don't buy into the whole star system just so you guys know, but right. let's use the star system anyway. Let's not settle for uh, – two and three stars because they're easy to sign up and get no let's go after four and five stars and let's force them to tell us no and mm-hmm. then let's move on and get the get the next best kid that we can get i think at times we have been known to just settle because we don't want to get into the recruiting battle we don't want to wait until the very last day on signing day when a kid determines whether he's going to pick k-state or notre dame and we don't want to lose out we like to have things set up so guess what we'll take the kid that's a little bit easier maybe he doesn't have as many choices um, because we believe that we've got a strong enough coaching staff that we can coach him up while i think all of that is true i think we're also running into a day and age where kids are doing so much now in their youth to train to become football and basketball players that they are entering college like grown men now and so now there's a bigger gap between universities that recruit top four and five star talent year in and year out those that don't and at the end of the day you can coach all you want but it's those 11 kids on the field that that are actually going to go and get it done and there's a lot of good teams that um, have players that are making the coaches look much better than they are mississippi state comes to mind incredible recruiting class subpart coaching if you if you ask me Kevin, uh, we really appreciate your time today. It's been great. Uh, what are you doing now? Let, uh, let everyone know what's happening in your life. Uh, man, I'm raising kids, having a blast. <laughs> Living in Kansas City, I got uh, got uh, a couple of partners who got an investment fund. We invest in a bunch of agriculture companies, and so doing that, and still hanging out with Timmy with the ambassadors, and doing a bunch of charitable stuff in our community. So, look, I'm I'm not from Kansas City, but like Tim. Uh, 
Kansas City's become home and uh, love Kansas City and uh, and feel like I am from here now and uh, here uh, until Kansas City kicks us out. All right, Kevin. <laughs> well, they'll kick him out a lot sooner than they're going to kick you out. <laughs> right. All right, Kevin, got to ask, we need a prediction. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got a prediction. Everybody thinks it's going to be high scoring. I mean, I, I, I definitely think there's going to be points on the board, but I don't think it's going to be like the greatest over-under ever created in, in betting history. <laughs> Uh, I bet K- I bet KC puts up about 35, 37 points. Uh, I think they hold the Rams to like 28. All right. Well, I like that prediction. Hey, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on. You're the best, and uh, we'll be seeing you around town with the Ambassadors. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds All right. good. Guys. All the best, thanks, Kevin. Kevin. You bet, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot. Yep. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. Okay. God, he's right. good. He is real good. Hey, thanks a lot. And uh, we're going to take a break here because uh, we're way over. We're way over. we got to get a couple things. Okay. Kevin was great. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll be right back with a little bit of crunch time. The most powerful sports station in America has a home in Kansas City. This is Sports Radio 810 WHB. All right, welcome back to Crunch Time. It was great to have Kevin Lockett on. Hey, guys, I want to uh, uh, pub something that I'm involved with. I'm involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters Most Wanted Auction, which is going to be December 1st. Uh, Very, very excited about being involved with Big Brothers Big Sisters and really kind of through the uh, Kansas City Chief Ambassadors. I do, uh, if you go to my Twitter site, which is swimdad61.com, I put up a link where you guys could buy in the silent auction a bunch of great items. Uh, number one item is a obviously a Patrick Mahomes football, nice. which is really rolling right now. You have a cream hunt, I believe, helmet. Uh, you have a, some other Chief stuff. There's a golf outing with Tim Grunhardt and Rick Sutcliffe over at uh, Lakewood Country Club with, with drinks. And, nice. Uh, uh, so there's a bunch of stuff like that. So if you go to uh, my Twitter account, it's at uh, Tim Gr- excuse me, it's SwimDad61, and you click on the link for Big Brothers Big Sisters Auction. There's all kinds of stuff, and there's about 15, 16 items, a bunch of cheap stuff, some golf. I, I got a uh, uh, you guys are bring a foursome with me and go play at Wolf Creek, uh, which is a, another uh, really nice item. What a great course it is. Ooh. Obviously, I hate to say this, but you got to be a man to go out there. You can't have women out there for some reason. It's a terrible thing in this day. Yeah, it's horrible. Terrible thing. So four guys <laughs> and me will play out at Wolf Creek and. Um, so there, yeah, a lot of, a lot of really cool. Oh, oh, by the way, there's, there's tickets to a Notre Dame game next year. You pick there's tickets to wow. a chief game next year. You pick. So, uh, all that kind of stuff. So go on and check that out at swim dad 61 and, uh, just click on the link and you'll see, you got to put it like you'll, it'll bring you to this, the, to the big brothers, big sisters page. You, you click on the silent auction. And then they'll have like a little search bar. Just put my name in it, and all my items will pop up. And I appreciate you guys uh, helping out with uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters. Yeah, and the other thing you've got, you got the chicken and pickle. Get, give them the chicken yeah, and pickle Yeah, chicken again. and pickle. Where's my little read for chicken and pickle? You're putting me on the spot. All right, tickets do remain, guys, to join the Kansas City Chief Ambassadors. ambassadors and uh, you guys, it'll be a chicken and pickle for the Monday night football game between the Chiefs and the Rams. That's a cool place, by the way. It's one of the top sports and recreation venues in Kansas City. It'll be the biggest and baddest watch party of the year. Join Chiefs celebrities, Hall of Fame players, and what promised to be an exciting game, probably the most exciting game of the year. It's a unique fundraiser for the Kansas City Chiefs Ambassadors, which is a premier uh, organization in the NFL for raising money for Kansas City services like the Ronald McDonald House, Camp Quality, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. Once again, it's Monday night. There's live music. Oh, by the way, the Walter White White Band Band. is playing. W.W. and the Dixieland Band Kings. And they'll be there all night. You know, the the kickoff's at 7.15. You guys can hang around until, hey, as long as you want. 
Uh, there'll be some live auction items, including field passes and a lot of signed merchandise from the Kansas City Chiefs. It's 50 bucks a person. Uh, there's a table for eight for like 500 bucks. Uh, includes two drinks, f- and some food, and unlimited access to the Kansas City Chief ambassadors. You bring a football in, bring a helmet in, bring whatever you want in. We'll sign it. So, uh, yeah, come on down. It's Monday night at Chicken and Pickle. Thanks for That's reminding right. me on that, Frank. It's, it's uh, going to be a great time. Yeah, and it's 50 bucks a head, so a table of 10 would be $500. Tim, you're shortchanging them for a table of 8 for $500. Table of I'm 10. just telling you what it says right here. Well, table then, of 8 exactly. for $500. I, I don't why know. Why is it $50 a head? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, that costs so, more than the $50 so, yeah, a head. Yeah, so don't do a table. Gotcha. Just come in and buy your own. Come on in. Just go uh, on down and have fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Let, let me ask you a question, too, about the ambassadors. I know. Have you gotten more guys who signed up because of the success of this team in how many guys you got about approximately, and what kind of enthusiasm is there with those well, guys? Wow, I mean, there's always a lot of enthusiasm for the ambassador. Now, the ambassador has been around for a long time. They were around when I was playing back in the day when it just kind of started when I was in my rookie or second year in the league. And uh, they used to come down on Thursdays to bring pizza and some mm-hmm. beer and some sodas and come down and hang out with us. They can't do that as much anymore. But what we do do is we kind of uh, go out and do all kinds of different charitable works uh, for, you know, the players can't. This time of year, they can't do all the stuff that's out there that needs to be done. So we go out and kind of we're the old guys. So we fill in for the for the players. And uh, yeah, there's probably about fifty or sixty active. I mean, real active guys. Yeah, right. And there's probably about a hundred to hundred and ten guys on the roster for the Kansas City Chief Ambassadors. Now, there's I mean, you have to have played for the Chiefs for over three years. So right. it's not like so. And yeah, there you know, uh, Priest Holmes just joined up. Uh, but last he lives year. in Texas, right? But he joined up. Right. Uh, Christian Okoye just jumped. Uh, joined on he lives in california yeah, he's here a lot he's here a lot um you know so uh there's a, a lot of guys like that are kind of jumping in we're trying to get some younger guys in i mean you know larry marshall and walter white and ted mcknight and kenny kramer and all those the guys have, been, have yeah. been doing this billy, for such bob. A, billy bob yeah billy bob has been unbelievably active yeah. uh anthony davis so there's been a lot of guys that have been just unbelievably active kevin lockett was the president i'm the president coming up the next two years uh, Keith Cash was the president. He had his last meeting in November. We do not have a meeting in December. We have a little party, and then January we start the year over. So you're taking over. I'm taking over. You're the prez. I'm the prez. Oh my gosh! Does that mean you have to be at every home game? That means I have to be at every meeting, which has been hard this <laughs> fall, as you know. I mean, it's been crazy no for me to be around. Really? But they're 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 ten and zero. Come on, you can't, you can't miss it. He's talking I, about Notre Dame, yeah. now, folks. Okay, his son Colin plays for Notre Dame. They will play in uh, at Yankee Stadium, Pinstripe Bowl. I saw it when I was at the bookstore. It's we, not we went quite to, the Pinstripe Bowl. It's, I know it's wearing not. pinstripes. I, I know. I was at the Notre Dame Pitt game. Thanks to Timmy, uh, my first visit to uh, Notre Dame's campus. It was incredible. But everything in the bookstore had pinstripes. Yeah, they were I mean, all anticipating. They're selling it out. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, uh, you and, know Notre Dame. It may be it may be dumb, but they're not stupid. Yeah. So they they put and out all those. They're playing Syracuse, who's a lot better uh, than anybody thought they were going to be. And I guess you're a fan because you were in orange. They're today. seventy-two. No, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I don't like okay. Syracuse. It used to be the Big East with Villanova. Yeah, they're eight and two, and uh, they're ranked, I think, twelfth, and they just blew out North Carolina State. And, yeah. And North Carolina State's a good football team. So, yeah, it's a great test for, for Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, they have two more games. If they win both of those games, they're basically guaranteed a spot to be in the in the playoffs, uh, in which they'll be playing probably down in Miami against Clemson. And then Michigan will probably, if they hang on, will play against Alabama no. in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Remember, Michigan has one more game than you do. 
Yeah. And that might push them up to number three, which you, means you, you, you would get Alabama. You cannot put and Michigan above Notre Dame Michigan. when they lost to Notre Dame. It doesn't matter. It does matter. They're it gonna, goes. They're going to get that 13th. No, it does not. It goes by record. They'd be undefeated. And then it goes by head to head. So let's not get there. All right. You're now you're sure. now you're upsetting me. I know. I know. Yeah. You're trying to you're trying to get under I my like skin, that. aren't you, Frank? All right. Let's, All right, let's talk, talk about the game. Yeah. Let's hand. talk about, let's talk about those guys. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get. You know, you talked about how how, how are they going to do this? How are they going to beat this team? And, oh. and, and, I think you brought up something else too. I think you brought up a little bit about how the atmosphere in the Coliseum ain't that great. No. Because it's not not good at all. The the field is so far away from the stands. It is, and for for people who have, who have never been to the Coliseum, the the field is literally because there was a track. I don't think there's a track around it anymore. I think they may have taken the track out, but there was when I first started playing there when I was when I was yeah, at Notre Dame at USC. That's the old Olympic Stadium. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if the track is still out there or not. I I, I can't remember. But whatever, if if the track is still there, they cover up the track with with some whatever. some surfaces. It, it literally, to the field, it's about 25 to 30 yards away from the field. The, the right. first roll of the stands. And the stands kind of fan out. And it's like it, Michigan. Yeah, a little it fans bit. out. It's not really on top of you. So if you're, if you're in the back rows, I mean, you are literally, I mean. Take binoculars. Yeah. It, you, I mean, I, I want to say uh, at least 500 yards if yeah, you're from the, from the field. Yeah, uh, it's a long way away, and it ju- and it just doesn't get that loud. Now there's going to be some rabid fans, and when we were playing there, it was against the Raiders, so it was the L.A. Raiders we were playing there, and uh, obviously I played in some big games against uh, USC there with number one versus number two, uh, but it never really got loud. Yeah, it doesn't and, get and that, that loud. In that one end zone, it has the uh, superstructure up, uh, and they are renovating a lot of it. Um, they actually draped that. Nobody actually sits in that one end zone because it is really that far from the game are far, far from the uh, playing field. And since the stadium does fan out, okay, and goes gradually up instead of going straight up on the sides, the the uh, the noise dissipates by the time it hits the same. So it really is not that loud of venue. And just to give you a little inside information, the locker rooms used to be catacomb locker rooms. So you'd walk in and there was a locker, like, section for four people. And you it would be like a blocked off four people. There'd be little boxes of lockers. <laughs> And they'd be cordoned off, each one. So there was probably 20 little catacombs of lockers that were in the locker room. So, I mean, it was a That's weird locker. That's probably been renovated by yeah, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I, haven't so. been, yeah, I haven't been in there since uh, that, that time. But, you know, when the coach would call you up, you would basically be in your catacomb because there was no room to go. Like, the whole team yeah, right. couldn't call it up. So, you're, you know, y'all, hey, let's all get together and say the Our Father or whatever he used to say. I mean, you couldn't really get together because there was no room to do it. So, yeah, they probably renovated that. But that was old school. That was the way it used to be. Right. You played the L.A. Raiders in those. You never played the Rams there. Played the Rams in, in Anaheim. Anaheim. Right. At, at the Big A. At the Big A. And that was a baseball stadium as well. And that, they had to renovate. That thing was crazy, too. That's right. It was, yeah. That's before they moved back to St. Louis. Now they're back in Los Angeles again, so it has been back and forth. It's crazy to try to establish a deal, but both the Rams and the Chargers, the two teams that moved to L.A. and the NFL, are both doing well, which is really bodes well for the Los Angeles area. And I know a lot of people do not really care about the Chargers, but, um, you know, having both of those teams being successful really helps the National Football League. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because if, other than Missouri, uh, in my football career, I played more games 
more games in California than any other state. Oh, played, wow. I mean, if you think about it, played Stanford, USC. That's right. And then played San Diego, and then played L.A., and played the L.A. Ra- LA Rams and the Oakland yeah, Oakland, the uh, LA Ra- yeah, the LA Raiders, and yeah. then the Oakland Raiders when yeah. we were up there. Right. So yeah, played a ton of games, and and the 49ers. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So that's played right. played a lot of and, games. And uh, you California. played in Old Candlestick, whatever. Yeah. Right so every place. year we go there at least two times, yeah. maybe three. No, that's yeah. awesome. Okay, got about 30 seconds. Final prediction. Uh, I, I I'm gonna I'm going closer. I'm I'm saying 35-31 Chiefs. Chiefs win the game, but it's gonna be really close. It's gonna come down to a fourth quarter drive. And Mahomes is going to pull it off. I got 41-38, Chiefs. Right, we're, you were always I, I right on each other. About 79 yeah. points. I like that over. I like the over. That's a good one. All right, guys. So we're excited. Uh, we'll won't be in next week because of Thanksgiving. Right. But uh, looking happy, forward. Ha- have a happy Thanksgiving. Obviously, have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening to Crunch Time. The official broadcast partner of your AFC West champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Sports Radio 810 WHB.